Good morning. This is the Newsmax Daily for Friday, June 16th. I'm Tony Rizzo, filling in for Tony Marino. Your regular Tony will be back on Monday. These are some of the top stories that people are talking about on Newsmax. The Biden corruption story isn't going away. Jim Comer's committee is doing great work finding potential corruption, developing a paper trail, and turning up the heat on the big guy and his family's questionable activities. More damning evidence is coming out daily, the latest being the existence of 17 taped phone calls that may incriminate Joe and Hunter Biden. Rob Schmidt is putting the pieces together and asking President Biden, where's the money? Tonight, a closer look at the most critical Biden corruption whistleblower who Republicans say possesses taped recordings of Joe Biden from years ago when he paid Biden and his family a $10 million bribe to help save his corrupt company from Ukraine's Justice Department. Mikola Zlokevsky is the founder of Burisma Energy Holdings. Zlokevsky is not a good person. He's a corrupt Ukrainian oligarch, one of many who landed at the top of the pile when the Soviet Union crumbled. Zlokevsky founded Burisma in 2002, and in 2010, Ukraine's President Viktor Yanukovych appointed him Minister of Ecology and Natural Resources. It was a huge cha-ching for Burisma. Zlokevsky started funneling his company tons of business, typical behavior in one of the most corrupt countries in the world. Then in 2014, a revolution in Ukraine ousted President Yanukovych. The Ukrainians had had enough of the Russian stooge president, and Petro Poroshenko took over and started cleaning out his predecessor's corrupt schemes using Viktor Shokin as his prosecutor general. You probably recognize that name. That meant trouble for Zlokevsky, Burisma guy. So he hired Hunter Biden for a million dollars a year and allegedly funneled another 10 million to Joe Biden and the Biden family. Biden then allegedly told just elected Poroshenko, or actually did tell Poroshenko, that a billion dollars in American aid would not arrive in his country until he agreed to fire his brand new prosecutor general who was investigating Burisma. Here is how all of that played out. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. As I'm leaving in six hours, if the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Yesterday, I met meet with the general prosecutor, Shokin. Yes. And I especially asked him, no, it was the day before yesterday, I especially asked him to resign. Great. And this is my second step for keeping my promises. I agree. Oh, son of a <laughs> got fired. You notice how uncomfortable Biden sounded on that phone call? He did not want to be on that phone call. Great. I agree. Shokin was fired, and the next prosecutor general that moved in looked the other way on Burisma. It was worth it. The allegation that Biden leveraged a billion dollars of your money to make millions of dollars for his family. That's the allegation. And the evidence is everywhere. It's a scandal that makes Watergate look like a parking ticket. It really does. And it couldn't be any more obvious. But the FBI simply ignores it. They protect Biden, as establishment Washington so often does now. And when Donald Trump realized his own DOJ was ignoring one of the biggest political scandals this country has ever seen, 
while constantly being attacked from all sides as he was president of the United States, well, he went around our own Justice Department and asked Ukraine's newest leader, Volodymyr Zelensky, to investigate this on their side. And what happened next? Well, Democrats impeached him for it. How predictable. Domestically and abroad, things aren't going well for President Joe Biden. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken, you may remember him as the guy who engineered the letter from 51 intelligence experts calling the Hunter Biden laptop story disinformation. He's on his way to China, and no one is excited about it. Senator Tommy Tuberville, Republican of Alabama, was on American Agenda, and he spoke about the low expectations for the trip. So you tweeted out on Tuesday saying the biggest threat facing our country today is communist China. The SEC, FINRA need to stand up and protect the personal data of American citizens from falling into the hands of our greatest adversary. Senator, whether it be data, spy bases, spy balloons, it sounds like Blinken has a lot to discuss. Are you hopeful that anything will come from this trip in form of, uh, I guess, diplomatic dialogue? Well, we don't have uh, much diplomatic, diplomatic dialogue uh, from this administration. I think one of the first times uh, uh, anybody went over and met with the Chinese, I think it was around uh, uh, in Alaska, maybe a year or so ago. It didn't go very well. They pretty much laughed at us. But it all starts when, when you have diplomacy, it all starts from your leader in the White House. And Joe Biden has showed weakness in everything he's done. I mean, he's been asleep at the wheel. And he's the one that's got to get this done. He's got to be the one that starts the dialogue, continues the dialogue. You send your surrogates to do all, all this work, it doesn't work. Uh, President Trump would have been over in a heartbeat, you know, talking to these people. They are our adversary, number one adversary. They control everything. They're controlling us. And as you said, the, the, my crypto bill last week that I presented, they're buying our crypto exchanges now. And we knew that was going to happen a year ago. The Biden administration has done nothing about it. SEC and Gary uh, Gensler, uh, the head of the SEC, uh, approved a sale to a company that's pretty much funded by the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, as I said, we are asleep at the wheel in everything we do, especially with our number one adversary, China. In other news that isn't good for the media Democrat complex, John Durham is getting ready to testify before Congress. He has the goods on the weaponization of the government that the Democrats and the media are trying very hard to ignore. Greta Van Susteren had a preview on the record. Wednesday, June 21st, Special Counsel John Durham will testify before the House Judiciary Committee. His testimony will be on the, what people have described, an explosive report that he released a month ago. Durham's report details his investigation into Crossfire Hurricane. Now, Crossfire Hurricane, as you remember, was the FBI's original investigation that looked into whether or not the 2016 Trump campaign coordinated with Russia to influence the 2016 presidential election. In Durham's 300-page report, he found that the Department of Justice and the FBI failed to uphold their mission of strict fidelity to the law when the Trump-Russia investigation was launched. Durham's report also said that senior FBI personnel displayed a serious lack of analytical rigor towards the information that they received, especially information received from politically affiliated persons and entities. South Carolina Congressman and member of that committee, the House Judiciary Committee, Russell Fry, joins me. Good evening, sir. Good evening. How are you? I'm very well. Congressman, you're going to be able to ask questions of, uh, of John Durham. What, do you, what are you interested in? What do you want to know? 
the, a lot of things. And I think the committee is going to explore, you know, the, the, the inability of the FBI to uphold the, their own standards, the tripwires, the guardrails that are in place to protect not only presidential candidates, but the American people, uh, why there are certain biases uh, that were in existence at the time, why, uh, you know, why nothing was followed up, why no one was fired really for this, uh, what led to this, uh, and what the FBI has done and needs to do to correct this moving forward. You know, I'm sort of curious a little bit about what it took him so long for this report. He had it for a long time, and, you know, this report. Now, I'd like to know the magnitude of the investigation. I'd like to know how many witnesses he interviewed, you know, what records he looked at. I would like to go in at, like, her going into depth, his, his investigation, so that I know how thorough it might be or not. No, I think that's a fair point. I mean, obviously, this report is 300-plus pages, and so it's very lengthy. Uh, you know, we're continuing to delve into it and dive into every little detail that, that's contained within it. Uh, but what processes were in place, I think, is really important because at the end of the day, um, this produced a very big document, a very damning document for the FBI. What can they do to fix? What can we do to fix the FBI? Uh, and, and, and moving forward, how can we make sure that this never happens again? I mean, it really, you know, when, when the president talks about a Russia collusion hoax, he's correct. I mean, this, this report completely exonerates President Trump and really shows the internal biases of the FBI as it pertains to the president when he was running for, for office. You know the old saying, good things come in small packages. The Eden Pure Thunderstorm Air Purifier is about the size of your hand, but powerful enough to kill viruses, mold, and odors quickly. I now have a couple of these in my home, and it is amazing how we can actually smell cleaner, fresher, healthier air in our home. My wife, who suffers from allergies, is especially happy with it. The Eden Pure Thunderstorm Air Purifier uses proven oxy technology to purify the air. I don't know all the technology, I just know it works. And because it's not a filter, you don't have to keep on buying filters. It has no filter. You just plug it in. And right now you can save $200 on an Eden Pure Thunderstorm 3-pack for whole home protection. Simply go to EdenPureDeals.com, put in the discount code TONY, like my name, save $200. That's Eden, E-D-E-N, PureDeals.com, discount code TONY, and shipping is free. Remember when the lab leak theory was just misinformation? Only suggesting it was possible that COVID came from the Wuhan China lab was enough to get you censored and canceled. Guess what? We were right all along, despite our superiors in the mainstream media telling us it was a racist conspiracy theory. John Bachman now brings us a walk down memory lane with all our friends in the media, followed by an update from Dave Rubin on what we now know is the truth. Because we don't know where the novel coronavirus came from yet, the conspiracy theories fill the void. The president would uh, go as far as to describe it as a foreign virus. And I right. think it's going to smack, uh, it's going to come across to a lot of Americans as smacking of uh, xenophobia. I think it reinforces what we've known for a long time, which is that there is a lot of misinformation circulating on these sites. Trump unleashed this xenophobia. All right, let's talk about this and some other big stories of the day. Joining us now is Dave Rubin of the Rubin Report. David, great to see you today. Thanks for being with us. Good to be with you, Bianca. 
You know, it's always incredible um, when the disinformation becomes the real information, right? Uh, the authors of this new report say when a source was asked how certain they were that these were the identities uh, that they were scientists that were consistent, they were told 100%. So there you have it. Uh, kind of blows the lid off what many people wanted to say for years. Bianca, I often say on my show that truth is a time release pill. And I think this is just mm -hmm. another one of those stories where the mainstream media runs with one narrative. And then a year, usually two years later, we find out that what they were running with was completely untrue. And what many of us suspected, or at least were willing to consider two or three years ago relative to a Wuhan lab leak, I mean, they happen to be doing mRNA technology studying and experimenting there and gain of function research and all of that. It was like, it wasn't that much of a jump to at least think it, but had you said that on Twitter, on uh, YouTube and Facebook, et cetera, over the years, you would have been banned. Look, Taibi Schellenberger, these are, these are legit journalists. Uh, both of them in, the, in this case they are the sure same are. guys that Elon Musk brought into Twitter and said, hey, here's what's going on here. Just report on it as it is. Uh, so I have full faith in them. Uh, it shouldn't surprise us, but also, uh, Bianca, don't be surprised if nobody at the FDA or, or CDC BBC. or NIH or yeah. CNN or BBC or anyone else gets fired because of this. Yes, the truth is a time-lapse pill, and it's bitter medicine for the Democrats to swallow. Finally, in New York, where assault and theft are no big deal, but God help you if your name is Trump, Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg is at it again. He's pursuing manslaughter charges against Daniel Perry, the veteran who came to the aid of subway passengers by putting a violent, mentally ill man in a chokehold. Katie and Andrew Cherkoski, two former prosecutors, joined National Report to discuss the case. For more insight on this, we'll bring in Katie and Andrew Cherkoski, both former federal prosecutors. We appreciate the time of both of you coming on uh, this morning. Katie, if I could start with you. Um, it was all but certain, at least if you're following this case, that the grand jury would go ahead and indict on these charges. How do you see this playing out? Well, I'm not surprised by the indictment. Obviously, we saw that coming. And it is a second-degree murder indictment, which essentially requires the prosecution to prove that, that Penny engaged in conduct that created a substantial and unjustifiable risk of death. And I think those are the key words here. And that's what his defense is really going to capitalize on, because there's a big question about how long he was even holding this person, the uh, the the moves that he kind of engaged in to do so, and whether that actually was a substantial risk of death or it was more of like a freak accident sort of thing that was justified under the circumstances there. And that's what we don't know at this point, right? We'll obviously learn more. Andrew, when you think about the defense strategy here, how does uh, witness testimony play into it? Well, this is obviously going to be a self-defense type of case or defense of others. Uh, that's something that ordinarily makes its way all the way to trial. It's something that juries often are, are put in charge of deciding as opposed to the DA or as opposed to a grand jury. And so what I think the big question is going to be, and Mr. Uh, Penny says it himself, he wasn't trying to kill him. He was trying to uh, restrain him in order to have police come because he had been harassing the, the riders on the train. And so what the jury will be deciding is whether there is a reasonable doubt as to whether he used, uh, I guess, reasonable force in that restraint hold or whether he was acting unreasonably and reckless in going about his his conduct. I think long term here, he has a very strong case. I think a jury is going to be very hard pressed to find that he was acting in such a way that rises to the level of a murder charge or even a manslaughter or any sort of homicide charge. But I think it's going to play its way all the way out. We're going to see this go to a jury and, and a verdict.
Yeah, and, and to, to broaden it out again on a national level, for many of our viewers obviously watching that do not live in New York, they don't take the transit system, they don't understand you know, the subway and the risk that you take when you get on there. You, it, mentally ill, you're right there with them, you're locked in one of those cars with them. You, many of us have, have, have seen it and witnessed it, um, and you've felt insecure in those moments or not safe in those, in those moments, and you wonder who else would step up when you see a 24-year-old Marine vet to step up in what he thought was a scary situation um, and take action. And it resulted in, again, an unfortunate death. But I wanted to ask you, again, back to the legal part of it, Katie, how important witness statements will be? And also, do you believe that uh, Mr. Penny would take the stand in his own case? Well, I believe that witness statements are very critical here. The totality of the circumstances is going to be what this all comes down to. And as you mentioned, being in a subway, New York has a duty to retreat before you can use certain force against people. But when you're not able to do so, you're not required to do so under the law. And so I absolutely would anticipate that Daniel Penny will take the stand and explain very thoroughly what his actions were, what his thought process was, and why this was a justifiable action that obviously, unfortunately, and unexpectedly to him resulted in a death. Good luck getting a conviction if there are subway riders on that jury. That's the Newsmax Daily for today. Tony Marino will be back on Monday with the latest news you need to know from Newsmax. I'm Tony Rizzo, wishing everyone a great weekend and a very happy Father's Day. News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere.